0: Today, from the global lane, killer robots and
1: China's artificial intelligence preeminence. We're going to have killer technology for a long time, whether or not it involves AI. China's military is Netflix. The U.S. military is blockbuster.
0: LGBT school board members in Phoenix vote to sever ties with Christian student teachers for possessing biblical views on gender.
2: They didn't like those views. They targeted those views and uh, kicked them out. And that uh, is clear religious discrimination.
0: Out of money in 10 years, Will Congress finally enact needed reforms to save Social Security?
3: Social Security reform involves breaking promises. Those promises maybe should never have been made in the first place, but they were made and we now have to tell people that that we can't keep them. They have to pay more and get less.
0: And U.S. tax dollars funding the teaching of anti-Semitic hate in United Nations classrooms. And it's all right here on the Global Lane. Science fiction or a future reality? In the 1984 sci-fi film The Terminator, a cyborg killer robot from the future comes to execute Sarah Connor, whose unborn son helps humanity overcome an artificial intelligence system known as Skynet. With the rapid advance of AI technology worldwide, could killer robots pose a threat to the future existence of the human race? Well, joining us with more is Robert Marks, He's professor at Baylor University and director of the Bradley Center for Natural and Artificial Intelligence. Dr. Marks, good to have you with us. So, we already have killer drones. So, how likely is it that killer robots are on the horizon?
1: Oh my goodness, we're going to have we're going to have killer technology for a long time whether or not it involves AI. The question that you posed from the Terminator movie is the question of whether artificial intelligence will ever become self-conscious and begin to, uh, be- begin to take over, if you will. And, uh, no, that, that is not going to happen. There's absolutely no evidence. Now there's lots of people that disagree with me. I would say Bill Gates, Bill Gates says, I don't understand why some people are not concerned about AI. Um, the big one, the late uh, Stephen Hawking said the development of artificial intelligence could spell the end of the human race. So, so these are scary people. But I tell you, there's a lot of people on my side, too. And I think these are people that are well or better vetted in the area of computer science and can put up some good scientific and computer science reasons why artificial intelligence is never going to become sentient and and take over
0: uh ai is being used to develop robotic technology that would eventually be used by the united states military to fight wars so tell us about that what are the advancements there
1: oh absolutely and i think it's very important that uh that indeed that that happens and that uh the United States continues to develop artificial intelligence weapons. If history teaches us anything, it's that technology wins wars and also gives pause uh, to those who would be our adversaries. And so the United States must continue with the development of artificial intelligence, Be understanding of the artificial intelligence weapons developed by our adversaries. The smoke is out of the bottle, and despite concerns about from people like... Uh, I have one from U.S. Secretary General Antonio Guterres, who said the killer robots are, quote, potentially unacceptable, morally repugnant and should be banned by international law. Well, war also is kind of repugnant and it should be banned by international law, but heck, well, the that Chinese, isn't going
0: to The Chinese aren't banning it. I mean, they're moving forward. Are they far ahead of us on AI?
1: Uh, yes, uh, unfortunately, I, I think they are. Um, in fact, I, I, I wrote a wrote an article recently about, about the Chinese uh, question and whether if we got into a war with China, whether or not we would win or lose. And I'm afraid now we would probably lose, not necessarily uniquely because of artificial intelligence, but the way that the United States has, has um, I don't know, fallen behind in the development of the weapons. A, a company called Shield, now these, these, these are people who developed War, um, they they develop weapons for warfare, and they said, uh, "Boy, this captures it very nicely." China's military is Netflix. The U.S. military is is um, blockbuster. Wow. Uh, ch- China is Amazon. The U.S. is Barnes and Noble. China is Tesla's, and the U.S. is General Motors.
0: Rabbi Joshua Franklin used the AI Chat GPT to write a sermon for him. Now, members of his congregation thought he wrote it or that it was a sermon from a wise Jewish scholar when in fact it was AI. And I'm sure some students have used ChatGPT to write papers for them. So what do you see as the limitations and dangers there?
1: Okay, well, ChatGPT, by the way, don't want to discount it. It is an incredible piece of software and anybody in the world can go online and actually um, uh, download and use ChatGPT to do, Whatever they want to, but there are going to be limitations to Chat GPT. Um, as as far as the remarkable applications, yes, I've asked Chat GPT to write poems. I recently wrote kind of a paragraph for an article I was writing. I looked at the article and I thought, oh, those those words are kind of clunky. Uh, so I put it in Chat Chat GPT and asked it to rewrite it. It rewrote it and. I had to edit it a little bit, but it was really, really good stuff. Well, maybe, but, yeah, they, maybe you there...
0: could use it for your next book. I mean, would it help <laughs> you a little?
1: <laughs> I could. Well, well, but but here's, here's, the, here's the thing. The only thing it understands is syntax. And so the way that this works is that, that, that these large language models learn sequences of words. Sometimes when you're texting, your text will give you a, a suggestion of what the next word in your text should be. Think of that same process, except that process is going on steroids.
0: You're a Christian. Could we potentially lose our humanity, become more dependent on AI, something that has no soul, instead of relying on God for answers?
1: Well, it's it's very interesting. Those that are materialist and non-Christian certainly believe so. They believe that the human brain is, or our minds, our souls are made out of meat, and they've actually developed their own religion there. But are we going to lose our our souls and the dominion over ourselves? Well, you know the the other technology which is coming along the the industrial revolution, um, the the use of electricity, <laughs> and and those sorts of things certainly haven't haven't um, diminished humanity. They have helped humanity. After the bubble, the hype bubble pops, we're going to understand its limitations. We're going to be able to, to apply it in society, and it's going to make our lives easier. And so that's what the future is going to be. It's going to be a tool. Artificial intelligence is a tool. It's not going to be our master's. Okay,
0: Robert Marks, professor at Baylor University and director of the Bradley Center for Natural and Artificial Intelligence. Thank you for sharing your time and insights. We appreciate it.
1: Okay, thank you much.
0: Imagine having a close relationship with someone for almost a dozen years, and then ties are severed because your friend feels you may not actually, but could possibly, cause harm to them. That's what happened to Arizona Christian University as the largest school district in Phoenix and Glendale, Arizona, severed ties because they felt ACU student teachers may make LGBT students feel unsafe. Now, ACU is suing the Washington Elementary School District for cutting ties over the university's religious beliefs. Well, joining us is Arizona Christian University spokesperson Linnea Lighting and Alliance Defending Freedom Senior Counsel Ryan Tucker. Thank you both for being with us. Uh, Linnea, for 11 years, ACU and the Washington Elementary School District enjoyed a cordial, uh, mutually beneficial relationship. So, in your opinion, why did it end? Why now? Um,
4: Well... I was I was shocked uh, when I watched the board meeting and they said that they were severing the relationship because Arizona Christian University students have been working with Washington School District for over ten years and all of the feedback I've gotten has been positive. In fact, they've asked for more of our students to come. So um, I I don't know I was I was very surprised.
0: Well, Ryan ADL filed a 37 page lawsuit against school districts. So, what is your main contention here? Is it free speech uh, violation or religious freedom concerns? What?
2: Well, it's all the above. You know, listen, the government cannot treat people of faith worse than everyone else. These students should not lose opportunities and be punished, you know, merely because of their religious beliefs. That's a blatant example of religious discrimination. So, it's a First Amendment violation, both. Uh, the religious hostility that the the school uh, board members showed the school, but also it's a it's a free speech violation as well.
0: So, in your opinion, it's clearly unconstitutional what they did. Well,
2: absolutely. As Linnea pointed out, you know they had a mutually beneficial you know relationship for for eleven plus years, and then uh, just a couple of weeks ago, the school board members had a meeting and uh, they started targeting you know people of faith. They they called their beliefs. Uh, unsafe, um, you know, simply due to their, their Christian beliefs. So we have one word for that, and, and that's uh, discrimination. Linnea, I
0: guess three school board members identify as LGBT. They argue that student teachers with biblical values would pose a threat to LGBT students. So have any of your student teachers mistreated LGBT students? Were there any ever any uh, complaints against them for bigotry or bias? What are your thoughts?
4: There have never been any complaints against our students in Washington School District. Um, We've only received positive remarks. They've asked for more of our students to come. They've hired a good number of our graduates. In fact, the board meeting the other night just reaffirmed what our students are doing there as teachers who have worked with them got up and spoke about their excellence. So it's really not fair for them to be targeted for their religious beliefs.
0: And Ryan, I understand a lot of people from the community came and protested at the uh, most recent school board meeting, not happy with their actions. Some are even saying, hey, we're going to get rid of those three board members uh, in 2024. So explain for our viewers why they should be concerned about the possible legal precedent this case could set.
2: Well, this is an attack on religious freedom. Government officials can't choose to exclude people simply because they are religious. And as you pointed out. There were several members of the community that showed up at this second board meeting to, to voice their frustration and their concern and their fear over the actions of this particular board. And as Linnea pointed out, for years they have enjoyed this, this great relationship. And so I think I think there's a disconnect between the rank and file, the the individuals that work in that district and, and the school board. Linnea, some people would say, well, just send your
0: student teachers elsewhere. Work out an agreement with another school district. How feasible is that?
4: Um, We have a very good relationship with many districts. The thing about Washington is that, first of all, they're close to us, um, and our students have an opportunity to go over between classes and work with students. Um, Second of all, they uh, have some excellent teachers there. I used to teach in the district. Um, So... My biggest concern is that this is hurting Arizona Christian University students because they're not getting the same opportunities as other people because of their religious beliefs, but it's also hurting the students. And that's the biggest thing we want to do is help the students in Washington Elementary School District have an extra set of hands in their class that's been trained how to teach, have an extra um, teacher for an entire semester when they student teach, and To be able to have this pool of graduates to draw from, we have a teacher shortage right now. So getting excellent teachers is a challenge for districts. I live in the district. I want them to have good teachers.
0: And finally, Ryan, uh, do you expect a negotiated settlement here or will this go to court? And if it does, what are your chances of winning in the ninth district court? I guess it's pretty evenly split now between liberals and conservatives, but for a long time it's been very liberal.
2: Well, one would certainly think that the school district would would come forward with uh, uh, thoughts of resolution, but you know we filed the lawsuit before the second board meeting, and at the second board meeting, at least a couple of those board members doubled down on their position, calling the school bigoted in in its uh, beliefs. So it's unclear to us whether or not uh, the school district will come forward and 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 have those discussions. If not, you know we look forward to presenting our case at the district court level, and as you mentioned. If we need to, we'll we'll go to the Ninth Circuit and beyond uh, to, to stand for this great university.
0: Well, it seems there, I mean, do they have any evidence here that any of this has happened? I mean, it's just based on speculation. No. It's not based on evidence, is it?
2: No, no. The, the, these board members merely looked at the fact that this is a Christian university. They have uh, biblical views on sexuality and gender. Uh, and they didn't like those views. They targeted those views and uh, kicked them out. There, there's, uh, that's the only evidence we have uh, in this lawsuit and that uh, is clear religious discrimination.
0: Okay, Linnea Lighting and Ryan Tucker, we thank you for taking the time to be with us. We'll see what happens.
2: Thank you very much.
4: Thank you. Thanks for having us.
0: The Congressional Budget Office says the Social Security Fund is at risk. It will likely run out of money by 2033. So is Congress ready to act to save it? A key swing vote in the Senate, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia says Congress must discuss options to save the program. So what can be done to reform Social Security and keep it solvent? Well, joining us is the former Principal Deputy Commissioner of the Social Security Administration, American Enterprise Institute Senior Fellow Andrew Biggs. Andrew, thank you for taking the time to discuss this important issue. So we don't have enough younger workers paying into the system right now to cover the cost of their own social security. They're only paying for those already retired. So you've been working on reform for many years now. How did we get to this point?
3: It's just a transfer program. We take money from young people, we give it to old people. And to make that work, you wanna have a lot of young people and not so many old people. Unfortunately, we have the reverse
0: why haven't they made real significant reform? Why do they keep kicking the can down the road?
3: Well, despite what you might think about politicians, they don't like to break promises. And we've made two promises to Americans regarding Social Security that are inconsistent with each other. We've promised a certain level of taxes you pay, 12.4 percent of your wages. We've also promised a certain benefit formula. If you pay those taxes, you will get these benefits. Now, mathematically, those two can't work. Uh, The system is underfunded by about $20 trillion, which means you either need to reduce benefits by $20 trillion over the next 75 years, or you need to increase tax revenues by that amount. Social security reform involves breaking promises. Those promises maybe should never have been made in the first place, but they were made, and we now have to tell people that, that we can't keep them. They have to pay more and get less. Politicians don't like telling people that.
0: What do we need to do then to save the fund you'd mentioned higher payroll taxes maybe older age requirement for drawing Social Security what needs to be done
3: the way I think about this now is not just tweaking different parameters to get to solvency, it's thinking fresh about what we want social security to do. The reason Social Security is expensive is not because it keeps the poor out of uh, you know out of poverty and old age. that's a relatively inexpensive thing to do. The reason Social Security is expensive today is it provides increasingly generous benefits to middle and upper income people who, let's face it, could save for retirement on their own somebody making $100,000 a year throughout their career, they're going to get over $42,000 a year from Social Security. That strikes me as unnecessary, and those are the things I think we need to look at.
0: And I know years ago, when I covered the 2000 presidential campaign, Steve Forbes talked about allowing people to invest some of their payroll tax into private accounts. And you remember politicians blasted him, saying that's risky, it's gambling away people's savings on the stock market. So what do you think of that idea?
3: Well, I worked for the George W. Bush administration. I was in the Bush White House and the Social Security Administration. George W. Bush strongly favored the idea of letting people invest part of their Social Security taxes in a personal account. That worked at the time because For years, Social Security was running large surpluses. It was collecting more in taxes than it needed to pay benefits. The accounts Mm. would have saved that surplus for the future. The problem today is Social Security is already running deficits. If I take my money and put it in a personal account, there isn't enough left to pay for my grandparents' benefits. So I think we need to think today about how we balance the Social Security system on its own, but then put in place provisions to make it easier for people to save for retirement, outside of Social Security, you know, making sure everyone has a chance to get a retirement plan at work, automatically signing people up for those plans.
0: Well, finally, uh, Senator Manchin says he's on board with the Republicans, at least to begin a dialogue on reform. So what are the chances we'll get something done anytime soon? Or is Congress just going to keep kicking this can down the road until it's too late?
3: Well, I think what Senator Manchin is saying is what any reasonable member of Congress would be saying, which is we're going to talk to the other side and we're going to negotiate. That's how these things get solved. They don't get solved by one side saying we're never going to cut benefits, another side saying we're never going to raise taxes, At some point, we're going to come to some agreement. No party can do it on its own, and it's inevitably going to involve a bit of both. The sooner we get this solved, the easier it's going to be. Everybody needs to put their cards on the table, get in a room, and start talking. That's how we fix these things before, and that's how we'll do it in the future.
0: Okay, it's all about building consensus. AEI Senior Fellow Andrew Biggs, thank you for providing those insights for our viewers. We appreciate it.
3: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: United Nations employees are teaching Palestinian students to commit acts of terrorism and murder Jews. And American tax dollars are helping to spread this anti-Semitic hate. According to a new joint report from two non-government monitoring groups, United Nations Watch and the Institute for Monitoring Peace and Cultural Tolerance in School Education, UNRWA principals, vice principals, and other school officials have, quote, signed off on the violent and anti-Semitic content. They identified 133 educators and staff members who promoted hate and violence on social media and distributed similar content in United Nations refugee and works agency classrooms. UNRWA pledged in 2021 that the hate teaching would stop, but it hasn't. The type of instruction at issue? Well, here's IMPACT CEO Marcus Sheff.
1: We found that it contains various violations of UN values, of UNESCO standards, and of UNRWA's own principles. Within these materials, we also found hateful material, material which young people anywhere should not be studying and certainly not being taught by a UN organization. The
0: report provides plenty of evidence that UNRWA textbooks and teachers are still spreading anti-Jewish bigotry and hate. One UNRWA textbook still features Dalal Mugrabi, who in 1978 led a terror cell attack, killing 38 people, including 13 children. 5th well, graders were told that she was a Shaheed, a martyr, hailed as a hero for killing Jews. Well, last December, a reading comprehension exercise for ninth graders at an honor school in Gaza, quote, celebrated a firebombing attack on a Jewish bus as a barbecue party. Yet another encouraged 6th grade schoolgirls to sacrifice their blood for the homeland by pursuing jihad. President Trump discontinued U.S. support of UNRWA, but Joe Biden resumed $150 million in funding shortly after he took office. Well, during his visit to Bethlehem last July, President Biden pledged an additional $200 million to UNRWA. Folks, this cannot go on. While many parents are fighting to remove pornographic storybooks from American classrooms... Their tax dollars are going to fund UNRWA textbooks that glorify murdering Jews and indoctrinate Palestinian children in the ways of terrorism and perpetual violence. Senator James Risch of Idaho recently introduced legislation that would discontinue U.S. funding of UNRWA. The U.S. House is considering similar legislation. Folks, no matter your views on this, let members of Congress know how you feel. It's time to stop funding the brainwashing of kids to become terrorists. UNRWA must be put on notice. The United States will only fund education that teaches Palestinian children the virtues of peace and love, not violence and hate. Well, that's it today from the Global Lane. Be sure to follow us on the CBN News and NRB channels, social media, and our broadcast affiliates. And until next time, be blessed.